recorded. Hey, Cal. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rob. Not a whole lot. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, thank you yeah. for uh, for calling us in. Yeah, hey, uh, absolutely. So you had you had some questions that you researched. So what 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 question did you look into? Yeah. So the two the first question I had uh, was the interchange or kind of the uh, it was a section of Exodus one eight through twenty two how uh, Pharaoh and the king of Egypt were kind of used interchangeably throughout there. Um, and how, like, what was it? Was there any sort of significance of that? What, or, you know, kind of more of the why, or what was if there was any sort of significance to that interchange? Uh, and then the second one was very similar, but it was uh, related to um, Exodus 2:18, which talks about when Moses uh, meets the priest of Midian, uh, Ruel, uh, and then. Uh, he's later referred to as Jephro in Exodus 3.1, and so kind of similar. It's like, why does the name change? Uh, and also, what kind of priest is he? He just says the priest of Midian, uh, so I was curious for about what kind of priest he was. So those were the two okay. questions I had. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. So so why did you, why did you choose these questions? Um, I think it was more out of curiosity of um, you know, I, I, a lot of times, like, there's really, there's a lot, like, I guess the context, too, of, like, there's a lot, things aren't included by accident in the Bible, um, and so I was just curious that, you know, for, if there was, you know, a deeper meaning or a deeper context they were trying to add to there, and I know names and, like, titles and things like that are, in particular, one of those areas where there's a lot of, uh, a lot to them, a lot, like, a lot of names have a lot of meaning to them, um, titles can have a lot of meaning to them and so I was just curious I think it's just that when we were reading through those were the things that jumped out uh it kind of piqued the curiosity as to why you know is there more there or is it just you know um and what if so what kind of what is it has it enhanced the reading or like has it enhanced scripture in there or okay. the uh, the context of it so yeah yeah great so what did you what resources did you use, I guess, to investigate um, these questions? Yeah, so a lot was Blue Letter Bible. Um, I looked at kind of different uh, different versions or like tra uh, uh, translate, I guess, different translations of it, of like, you know, NIV, ESV, New King James Version, things like that. And then, um, then use some of like the kind of the, other tools that they had, like commentaries, as well as just kind of the, oh, the, like the, I can't remember what it's called, the translation tool, where it kind of shows mm -hmm. you the original word, what it means, and then kind of other times that it's used. Um, outside of that, I used uh, a website called gotquestions.org. Uh, it's a great website for just kind of, you can Google, like, who was Jethro, and it will kind of give you more insight to that or, you know, other things. And then uh, the other source I used that wasn't necessarily Bible-related was the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. So those were the three okay. main ones I used. And, yeah, so. All right. All right. So that's cool. Yeah. Use a range of stuff. So I like to, I like to see that. Um, yeah. So before we go into it, are there any verses – that we need to read to get context or what do you think? 
Um, I mean, I think the few that we've probably, like, to kind of just spotlight a few uh, would just be how in, like, in Exodus 1, um, 8, it, you know, it, that's where it first mentions a new king arose over Egypt um, who did not know Joseph. And that is kind of helpful in terms of uh, one of the commentaries I read uh, talked about that um, after, you know, about after the t- death of Joseph, a few commentators kind of believe uh, that it was what that means is not necessarily like, you know, over time things were forgotten, but uh, it talked about a kind of a revolution that took place where an old dynasty was overthrown uh, and like upper and lower Egypt were united into one kingdom. And so the king who would be in like upper Egypt wouldn't have known, would have been in a different city and would have not known Joseph or, uh, would have, you know, or would have been in a different, or would have been kind of a, essentially like a foreigner, but it was, they, which I had never had heard of that before uh, until looking at it, but they talk about like that could be, uh, you know, this, this replacement of a dynasty of like the ones that were, you know, the upper, uh, the lower Egypt versus upper Egypt. And they were kind of combined into like the, the unite, like one full kingdom. Um, and so that was interesting uh, because that kind of feeds into part of what um, kind of the difference between the two. So king here is, is the, he, it's the word melech and that just, literally means king. A lot of times in the Old Testament, it talks about like different types of kings. So the Assyrian kings, talks, you know, Israelites kings, um, Canaanite kings. It, it just, it really just means the title. Um, but Pharaoh actually just means a great house or a royal court. And that was kind of, that was a, so a lot of like kind of another word of that is dynasty. And so it was this combined kingdom, you, you know, combined kingdom of the two and sort of a new dynasty. And so what kind of, what reference are, um, that was kind of the first verse, I guess. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, but sure. mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just pointing on to that. And then, um, the other areas where that comes in is, uh, the first time he's actually referred to Pharaoh is in 11. And, it's, uh, they built for Pharaoh store cities of Pitom and Ramses. And then, um, I believe down in eight, like 17 and 18 is where he's called the king of Egypt again. And then in 15 as well. And so it, at first it kind of just looks like they're interchanging, oh, king and Pharaoh, because Pharaoh did become a common title of the king of like the, the leader of, uh, the Egyptians. Um, but kind of looking at like in the light of the context of like, oh no, these are actually, uh, two kingdoms kind of merging together and, kind of adding more significance to the title of king. And so um, those were kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. um, Yeah. It just says um, that um, then a new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came came to power in Egypt. So let's bring in some context into, into what that means, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, what does coming into power mean? It's 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 a whole thing. It's two kingdoms merging. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so did you see anywhere where those terms, I guess, whenever they were used in scripture, that did it 
did it help you understand anything about it? More um, I think I think so. A couple of things, um, kind of that that stood out to, is that Pharaoh had a lot more, like the title Pharaoh had a lot more emphasis on it, to like specific emphasis to like the Egyptians of that. Like it was he with the. Uh, let me see. The kind of from a, like the this is from Britannica, but they talked about like the Egyptians believe that Pharaoh was sort of like a mediator between the gods and the people, and so he after death he became divine, and like they kind of like he had a bunch of different titles that were all kind of related to different like um, uh, Egyptian deities, so like Horus, um, you know son of red like all all these different titles kind of add more of a divine thing and what not it didn't so much uh enhance the reading of exodus uh one and two but it's, it's kind of more of a you know kind of looking ahead of that this is essentially just it's not just kind of you know as god you know the ten plagues start to come and as you know uh god mm-hmm. continues to work like let my people go it kind of took on more of a spiritual um, aspect of it. Like there is something that is, you know, kind of the anti- like this isn't just a political thing. Like on a spiritual level, this is like this is targeting, you know, Pharaoh. It's kind of it, it kind of enhances what for the Egyptians of like God's doing these signs so that the, the you know they're kind of seeing oh our our Pharaoh who is kind of this divine character has no power over over these plagues or over these things. Um, and so I thought that was interesting of this. It's never, I think I it heard a long time ago that it's never just like, it was kind of sending, you know, he used the plagues to show not just the Israelites, but also the Egyptians. And, uh, and you know, I think, and so, um, so I, that was interesting of just like, it's not just challenging kind of the political thing. It's just uh, the area, like the spiritual areas that people believed about Pharaoh um, and how the the plagues challenge those aspects of it as well. So like fertility, you know, all powerful, everything like that was all kind of just, it gets flipped up on its head. And so um, I thought that was interesting and that stood out. Yeah, that is interesting. But, you know, I, I thought they were interchangeable and they kind of are, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but Pharaoh has right. a, a deity part to it. You know, it's more than a king. It's more than a ruler. Like he's, he, he will yeah. be a deity when he dies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. So. All right. So what else? What else did you yeah. look at? Um so that was pretty much the big things on uh on Pharaoh and King of Egypt. Um mm-hmm. with Jethro and Ruel, um so the I looked up just kind of the definitions of the the names first, and Ruel uh, means friend of God. And so one commentator looked at that as just like that kind of answered the type of priest too that he was of just like okay, like he's a friend of he's a friend of God, like the Hebrew God of. uh, And so uh, that was that kind of answered okay, he's a he's a priest. I think one commentator, one thing he was like a Edomite, and so he was a descendant of Esau who knew who the, you know, who knew the same God of Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob. And so, um, but that could, that was, that, 
that explains kind of how he knew about, you know, the the God of Abraham. Uh, and so that explains more about, like, the type of priest he was. Um, and then Jethro means his abundance. And so um, kind of what we already, like, one, one thing I thought that was interesting was that Moses is, when you read it, like, in Exodus uh, 2, uh, you know, he's introduced as six, in 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, filled the troughs, uh, filled the troughs to the water, to water their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. And then when they came home to their father Ruel, uh, he basically like he calls them, like he tells them to go and get Moses and like bring him to him. Uh, and so it's like interesting that as Moses, if you look at where Moses is, he's fled from Egypt. He's in the desert, uh, and then you know one of the first people he comes into contact with is like a friend of God. So um, mm. it was interesting. Like one commentator talked about how you know in the midst of a desert, like Moses's time was not you know it it wasn't waste. It wasn't you know if you look at if you put yourself in Moses' shoes of like how did this happen like my whole world just got turned upside down. I'm in the desert. And yet here, even in the desert, I encounter a friend of God who's Jethro or who's Ruel. And so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then in terms of the name change, uh, a lot of what I saw in three was it talks about, um, you know, Moses was keeping the flocks for his father-in-law, like his abundance. So um, it was more just kind of in relation to, uh, like I, I, it could be really in related to like his flocks. It could be in related to his other wealth that he may have had. Uh, it's not entirely specific, but um, one thing that they pointed out, I got from, uh, got questions, uh, was that uh, many people in the Bible were called by two names, such as Jacob and Israel, like Simon to Peter. Matthew and Levi, Paul and Saul. Uh, sometimes the name change was due to an encounter with God. Other times, it may have simply just been a second name um, in the way that a man is named like Ben Jones, maybe called both Ben and Jones. And so mm-hmm. that was helpful. So I didn't really get a whole lot of, uh, of significance of like the Jethro piece, but I feel like the, the part of Moses' encounter in the desert with a person who's named friend, like, you know, friend of God, um, I thought was very, if I added a little more weight to it, it was just like, you know, when our, you know, for me, like for us, it's just whenever, you know, uh, hopefully we're never in the exact same position as Moses where we've killed somebody and are now fleeing across the desert. But uh, in those moments where we are low, that like God even used that and like can put people in our lives who, uh, you know, ground us and guide us and point us back to him. And so I thought that was, I thought that added uh, a little more significance to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that stuck out to me when we were reading was, you know, he got there and he met him. And I don't remember if it was at the end, but he said, you know, now I'm a, I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. I think that's what he named his son or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought that was so funny because he had just escaped Egypt where he was a – uh, you know, he grew up in the palace, maybe, but he was a foreigner in a foreign land. He was still an Israelite. So, uh, and he goes out to the desert, and now is when he really feels like that, I guess. And yeah. Know, 
the name for his his you know his life his son so um I thought that was interesting the uh, um and just the fact that you know he left so far and now he's out in the desert so far right and yet yeah. you know God's put this person there you know um yeah you know it reminds me of of the stories later in the New Testament where where we encounter the Samaritans, you know, and they're kind of enemies, but um, also kind of of the same lineage of the of the Jewish people, and so yeah. they kind of didn't really like each other, but they they had the same heritage, you know. They argued about where to and how to worship God and who were real uh, people of God and all that stuff. Um, uh, so that, that that just stuck out to me when you were talking just now, and then also, you know, this friend of God that God put there for Moses, you know, it's just the same thing. Whenever Moses goes up on the mountain, and he's like, "Well, I don't, you know, I can't speak clearly," you know, and, yeah. and God's like, "Okay, well, here's your brother," you know, it's like he already, yeah. you know, his brother was there, like he wasn't, he didn't live close. But God arranged yeah. it to everything he needed. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, his sovereignty, even in the moments where it doesn't always feel like it or doesn't may not even look like it, and we kind of question it at times, like he's always working in the ways that, like, you know, he's already putting people in our paths and, like, you know, at work and other people that we, you know, we can't even, in a way we can't even fathom. You know, it's like we we look at it kind of like, Oh, you know, we think about the future, we look back on the past, but we don't always get to see what God's doing in the now until mm-hmm. later, or sometimes maybe not even at all, but just like, he's always, you know, his sovereignty is always at work, and it's always, like, he's never thwarted in it, and so, I think yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, even when we're running, even when we're foreigners, you know. So, sure. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of priest he is. Talked about the name. Yeah. So cool. You got anything else for us? Uh, no, I think that's it. Um, yeah, I think in some ways it was a little. Uh, it was kind of yeah. In some ways it was. It, it added a lot more. Uh, I think again, not necessarily maybe not necessarily what we read this past time, but I think in like future chapters, it, it's definitely kind of. Bit, especially related to like the ten plagues and pharaohs, like okay, now this will be like, how is this plague affecting an aspect that of the Egyptians' view of Pharaoh, and just kind of being more like it's it's kind of you know uh, widening the radar net, like look looking for those things, and so mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about that, and I'll look forward to sharing a few any of those insights that I that we come across. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to reading that. And uh, and not seeing King when I read Pharaoh, you know, but yeah. instead, you know, another, you know, little G God, I guess, that Moses yeah. is coming against and God is exposing, yeah. um, which is really is so wrapped up in the story, you know, that's what the story is all about. Yeah. So. so, yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you. That was that was awesome. That was awesome. I appreciate yeah. that. So, yeah, my okay, pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're going to meet again this week and see whatever 
whatever else pops up. All right. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kyle.